Hey, this is your host Shane with an exciting episode of Radical Rocks. It's a variety show. We're going to talk about rock hounding all over the country of the United States and all over the world. All sorts of great topics. Stay tuned. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at Radical Rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand, hills, and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystal. Quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard. But gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Felt good to have in my hand. In the desert, that's right radical rocks are everywhere and today we are going to talk about so much stuff it is going to make your head explode um, if it doesn't make my head explode first so yeah we're going to talk <laughs> some of these topics it's just going to blow your mind we're going to do rock hounding in um Wyoming. We're going to do rock hounding in Washington, Michigan, New Hampshire. We're going to talk about Canada rock hounding. We're going to talk about what the difference between starlight and um, chiasite and other rocks and minerals. We are going to talk about meteorites. We're going to talk about uh, gold mining, one gold mine at least, a little bit of fossils, some discoveries around the world and so much more. Um, first, I want to thank you guys for supporting Radical Rocks, for listening to this episode of Radical Rocks. We're being listened to in over 80 countries around the world. We have been doing our podcasts for well over four years and had a community online since 2009. So if you're a part of our community, you're probably aware that we have videos on Radical Rocks on YouTube. We have a Radical Rocks MeWe group, if you want to go to MeWe. We have Radical Rocks USA on Rumble, kind of a homesteading thing there. If you want to see another side of some of the stuff that um, myself and my family do. Twitter is hashtag Radical Rocks USA. And then uh, if you have any show ideas, you can reach out and email us at RadicalRocksUSA at gmail.com. So with that, let's get into it. Man, I got a lot of stuff today. Gee whiz, I don't even know where to begin. Let's talk about something. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't even talk about in the in introduction. As you know, variety shows of Radical Rocks in the past are quite uh, eclectic and all over the map. But always focus on rocks, minerals, gemstones, and things like that. We're going to really talk about some crazy topics today. I think if you stay tuned to the end, you're really going to enjoy it. Um, you want to know about Bill Gates. He has his robot army ready to dig up the earth. Maybe. Maybe something like that. At interestingengineering.com, we find out that... Uh, Bill Gates here, through a Calgary-based mining tech startup, uh, Geological AI, has secured $20 million in funding for Breakthrough Energy Ventures, BEV, 
to build AI-powered robot geologists. Um, he says in this article, which you can check out if you want more detail, that uh, these robots are going to help pick out the hot spots and the best mineraling, mineral locations that uh, are needed for the new electrical green new deal that you've probably been hearing so much about. So, what about aliens? Aliens, well, alien minerals anyway, unknown to the earth, are found in a meteorite at the GreekReporter.com. Nana Kupua, or Kopiul, tells us all about it. She's got some pictures of these interesting meteorites. And um, she discovered, or she reports, that geologists has discovered two new alien minerals unknown to earth in a meteorite, we've probably talked about this before, but uh, you know they continue to study this stuff. It's only two and a half ounce fragment, about 70 grams, and there is. Uh, it comes from a fallen comet known as L A L I A L I, and uh, it has this alien ore in it. They looked at it in a lab and they said, "Wow." There's something completely new here. Um, this mineral, whenever it's discovered, it has to be shown where the differences are found uh, in its chemical makeup and such. And this one has that. It meets that criteria. Arizona State University at the Interplanetary Initiative, um, Elk, Elkson Tannen, is the chief investigator of what they call this uh, Psyche mission that NASA, NASA is going to try to reach uh, an asteroid by 2023. So this is helping them understand more about asteroids is really kind of the short story of digging through this and where they can find maybe more of these new minerals. Um, the article goes on to, to tell us that... Uh, uh, you know, they want to study these, these asteroids. Um, they found this one in this little, they've got a little video, they've got a picture of it. It's just kind of a black, um, a black colored meteorite. And um, looks like they've sliced some slices off of it to be able to find out what's inside of it. Um, also, they state here that people who have found these Meteorites have used them sometimes in uh, uh, making knives and things like that. So pretty interesting uh, that they would have picked these meteorites up and used them. I don't see uh, uh, any real discussion on what the actual minerals are. So I guess they, they haven't been named yet, but uh, that will probably be forthcoming in, in the near future. So we'll stay tuned for that, try to keep you alert about that. Now, we've got a ton of rock hounding stuff. You can go and learn about the minerals in the White Mountains. This is, I believe, this was New Hampshire. New Hampshire, they've got many different minerals there, including smoky quartz and amethyst crystals discovered in the White Mountains National Forest. They have events 
in particular. Um, they did have one on July the 13th. I know that's passed, but you can look this up and they will tell you and help you with techniques on being a successful rock hounder and finding the rocks and minerals. They'll actually let you go and uh, do this. So that's, that's kind of cool because sometimes these areas are closed off to collecting, but through, through this program, um, you can do that. Go to conwaydailysun.com and you can see the information there. It says that this is close to an area called uh, Sandcaster. It's held at the Great Room of the Summit Lodge at the Weeks State Park and usually begins about 7 p.m. in the morning. So this is something you might want to look at, um, see if they have it again. It looks like they may do it over and over again. The article is contributed by Trinity Auto. Next, what do we have here? We have a 15 million year old fossil bone bed. They claim that it's that old. Um, you know, I really argue the dating processes. There's such huge holes in these, but I guess they want to come up with some sort of a date. Bob Bernard tells us with the Fox 5 DC digital team at fox5dc.com. You can read about these prehistoric bones found in Prince George's County Park. Um, yeah, pretty neat. This is in the United States. Um, it came about during the President uh, Grover Cleveland, and it's in uh, Laurel, MD, so Maryland. And also, you can dig fossils in this area. If you look that up, you don't get to keep them all, but you can be part of digging up some major dinosaurs in this area. If you ever wanted to get your hands on a, a real dinosaur fossil and know what it's like to dig these up, um, you know, usually in most cases it's illegal. But in this area, they have dinosaurs from the early Creaceous period. So this is right before the Trianosaurus rex. But there is a lot of big dinosaurs during this time. Um, it's home to a species called Astrodon John Stoia, the Maryland State donor Dinosaur, and the largest species found east of the Mississippi River. So this is a really exciting opportunity for someone that wants to get into the big level of dinosaur digging. Next, a lucky mystery man literally unearths a buried treasure worth millions. Uh, if you go to WND.com, I call it the WIND site. Uh, that's not what it stands for, I'm not sure, but I get their emails all the time. This man, according to Jonathan Jones in the Western Journal, um, where it the article originally came from, stumbled across a hidden treasure that is just worth so much money. He found a treasure trove of over 700 Civil War air gold coins, and with gold going up over $2,000 an ounce, this is a great find. Also, silver coins in a field on his own property where the grass was probably a darker shade of blue. I don't know, that sounds like a lot of money's worth of uh, coins. Maybe it was a darker shade of green. Anyway, these coins were minted between 1840 and 1863. And um, 
a site called uh, GovMint, which authenticates and sells rare coins, has a video of them here, which these pieces are 95% gold, and they're really quite beautiful. Um, this is a, a true Kentucky uh, great find. They're called the Great Kentucky Hoard. And uh, in this hoard of gold coins, there's $1 gold coins, $10 gold Liberty, Liberty coins, $20 gold Liberty coins. This is what they were originally minted as. Of course, now these coins would sell probably for thousands of dollars each for some of these bigger denominations for sure. Um, pretty cool. The Georgia Southern University archaeologists recommended people who find hidden treasure contact someone in his field. Um, if you find it on your own property, you will probably get to keep it here in the United States, but they still would like to document it because there could be some history here. Now, there could be a chance that somebody has a claim on it. Um, some of these old Wells Fargo's uh, catches could, be, um, could have a claim on them, and you could find yourself going to court when you find one of these. But some of these are undeclared and uh, quite valuable. So, yeah, check it out if you want. There's more information on it there at the WND.com site. Now, the Vikings. You know, we don't really think of the Vikings as being um, prospectors or miners or anything like that. But in reality, um, they were forging iron of great quality for their swords and um, different uh, parts of their helmet. And uh, they also used rare metals. If you go to Rock and Jim, you can look up Minerals of the Vikings. The Nordic warriors pursued creativity through the trades and the raids. Um, Steve Voynick is the one who's attributed with this story here. But uh, even though they didn't have a lot of their own minerals, aside from this wonderful iron, they did a lot of pillaging. They had a lot of uh, other skills. They were not just fierce uh, people who came and looted and stole, but they had really good farming. They had skilled craftspeople and other types of trades and traders. Some of the wonderful things that they could do with these minerals, work with these metals and minerals and gemstones, they were master iron workers, accomplished silversmiths, creative jewelry makers that worked with silver, gold, bronze, carnelian, rock crystal, granite, or garnet rather, and colorful glass beads. In fact, uh, some of the glass, a blue glass, is quite collectible in, I believe, uh, Sweden. Very beautiful. And it's from times of antiquity when they were working with these minerals. It would be really kind of a slag. They also made optical lenses from rock crystals and maybe even devised ingenious navigational use for the Iceland spar variety of uh, that came from the variety of calcite and other transparent type of crystals. So pretty interesting. If you want to read more about this, the Vikings traveled all over Western Europe through the Black Sea, the Mediterranean, the North American coast, west to Russia, all the way to Africa. 
and they collected many of these gemstones and jewelry and were able to fashion wonderful items out of them. They have some pictures of uh, some jewelry here. They had these bog iron deposits that was very notable, which was a reliable source of iron, kind of concentrated, and this was a way they were able to uh, do that. In the Swedish island of Gotland, a place that was always on my bucket list, they found 2,154 ounces, about 67 pounds of silver in rings, armbands, bars, hack silver, which is kind of in its native state, which is almost pure silver, and other uh, pieces which were considered bullion for melting and casting, and some Islamic uh, silver coins dating between 539 and 878. So pretty neat. They have some uh, pennants that were elaborately made from engraved silver casting, which is called Thor's Hammer, a prominent Viking symbol of their dominance and power at that time of the world would be a fabulous piece to look at and see. Also, a round brooch of green cast has a uh, beautiful engraved silver around it. This green could have been a glass type of uh, mineral that they were able to fashion from molten glass and they when they were making beads and things like this. They made uh, brooches from amber and from the Baltic, and also colored glass beads. So there's a lot of information on this article. Again, just go to Rock and Jim, and uh, you can look up all sorts of stuff for free there. Minerals of the Vikings. Amazing. Now, in Sweden, they have unearthed a, some potential huge deposits that actually will challenge China's dominance in being the world's supplier of these minerals that we need for this new Green New Deal, you know, all these electric cars and all of this stuff. Never mind most states here in the United States don't have the grid to make all these electric cars. We're moving ahead whether we're ready or not. We're moving ahead whether we have the minerals or not. So the only thing that's coming out of this in my mind that's positive is that you have a lot of... Um, people searching, scrambling for these minerals that will be valuable for this Green New Deal. And it seems that uh, areas and locations are popping up where just a few months ago, it looked like we didn't even know if we had near enough to do a fraction of these cars just to do a few of the states in all electric cars in a few years. Never mind, it's going to take five to ten years to develop these mines, but at least Hey, now it looks like these minerals are starting to pop up. If you go to uh, insight, insightsonindia.com, we can find out about a phosphorus or phosphate discovery in Norway. Huge, valuable mineral uh, phosphate has been found in Norway. 70 billion tons, they estimate, about 50 years worth. This resource will be very valuable in uh, batteries and also making uh, solar panels and things of this uh, nature. Phosphates also has a significant amount of uranium in it, 
and other minerals and things like that that uh, are quite valuable. So the bad part is that uh, using phosphate and, and pulling this out can be very highly pollutive and can cause algae blooms and waterways if not dealt with uh, if it leaches out. Now the Tri-Cities, this is in Washington, a great place to find some agates and fossils and gemstones. Uh, Carly Van D. Venter tells us at tri-cityherald.com all about these popular rockhounding areas along the Columbian Basin in Washington. These are hot spots to find agates and fossils and carnelian, which is a agate. You can find out about it. They have also, it uh, looks like they have a recording of it too. You can go solo. You can join a group. They have rock hounding groups in Washington. It is legal to collect here. Um, and uh, you just got to make sure you follow the laws, whether you're on public lands or private land. But uh, near the Columbian River at the Horse Haven Hills, Saddle Mountains in Brickleton and the Gecko Petrified Forest State Park, are some of these areas are nearby this and um, these Washington lands are called DNR managed law lands which is the Department of Natural Resources and they can allow rock hounding on these lands you are not allowed to do it uh, commercially it's just for research education a private person um, for a limited amount for your own use. You can't use any equipment or explosives. You gotta just kinda pick up what's off the surface and not leave any big holes. If you do dig a little bit, gold panning can be allowed in some of these areas, but not allowed on state trust lands. Um, you cannot, it says you cannot rock hound for gold on D and R lands, but around these areas, they have some state parks, um, and other areas where you might be able to go just outside of them to find it. Now, federal land is different, it's the BLM, and uh, it will allow for a reasonable collection of rocks and minerals. About 10 pounds um, are allowed per person, and uh, hobbyist mining is allowed on BLM land. And uh, 25 pounds per day per 250 pounds per year, of common fossils, gemstones, and certain other minerals for personal use. The Horse Heaven Hills area and the Saddle Mountains are some of the locations where you can find some nice jasper geode from the Green Mountain area near Kalema. And um, just follow the laws. Uh, if it's private land, you will have to get permission from the owner. It says uh, what you can and can't rock hound. Uh, in this article here, it says there's rules, blah, blah, blah. Just follow the guidelines, gui uh, guidelines rather. And then you can rock hound for agates, amethyst, garnets, jaspers, opals, gold rock hounding. Um, but it says not panning, which kind of stinks. I don't know how you're supposed to find it if you can't at least pan. There are some fossils that you can get. Uh, they are invertebrates and also petrified wood. So that basically means um, uh, means sea creatures. They say that you're not allowed to collect meteorites in this area. Uh, vertebrae fossils, so anything with a vertebrae, uh, archeological or historical artifacts, you know, such as Native American uh, findings and things like that do seem to be off limits. 
So if you want to check that out, um, there you go. Now, a wonderful million-dollar silver property with 227 ounces of silver that have been documented on the site, and much likely more. The valuation of silver alone at $20 an ounce is $4.5 million. County roads are here. This is not a endorsement of this property. I'm just telling you about it because I like to include a little bit of gold mining or silver mining. There's seasonal creeks on this property. This is from our friends at goldrushexpeditions.com. This area was operated from 1920 until 1930. It was mothballed because of uh, probably restrictions from the feds and it has not operated until uh, the 30s. They did have a watchman and uh, that lasted until about 1980. And uh, the property was held by a gentleman named Lawrence W. Galipsy until the late 1950s and he passed or excuse me, starting the late 1950s until he passed in 1982. Um, his ashes and graves are on the property, so don't upset him. He might come get you. The mine was at least 180 feet deep with over 380 feet of subsurface drifting and development. A shaft, cross-cut, and a raise. Also, uh, there's a flooded raise above a cross-cut North of the Vane, there is stunning views of the mountain valleys from this area and the area of Rimini. There is no room uh, for anyone to obstruct a view. They say uh, off-grid home could be put here. This is, I believe, a patented property. Yes, 100% patented. So you can build here. You would actually own the land and surface materials. So that's kind of cool. Uh, pretty awesome to have such a beautiful property with wonderful silver. Probably a tiny bit of gold and other minerals could be found there. Um, again, the Peerless Ginny Mine. Multi-million dollar uh, mine, mostly silver. Now, the Mojave Trails National Monument. This is an area that I have helped fight many rock hounds. Uh, hounders from around the world in the country of the United States go to the Mojave Desert, this desolate area, visited by very few in reality, uh, especially these areas. Um, these rocks are out there weathering away uh, over the years, dissolving away and um, becoming nothing. Where they, When they are collected, they give us a good history of what is being found there. When they are blocked off, our young people don't get to learn about these rocks and minerals. This is not something that's going to be stripped out and disappear in you know a decade or two decades or a hundred years even. Um, these areas have been scoured for well over a hundred years and uh, with limitation and uh, no actual equipment with people just collecting by hand and being able to uh, have uh, a few pounds. This, these areas can be collected foreseeably for hundreds and hundreds of years, in my opinion, and many others. 
So these desolate alluvial fans on the south flanks of the Caddy Mountains, uh, this is area where I have done videos on YouTube. Just look up Radical Rocks. There is an abundance of jasper and agate and quartz and calcite. I mean, we it, it just continually comes down out of the hills. You could you could load up your car for your truck forever there. Uh, hundreds of people could do that from now to all eternity. Now you're not allowed to take that much, but if you follow the the rules, you should be able to prospect in these areas from now until the foreseeable future. And, and by that time, we'll be on other planets able to go rock hounding there. So this area needs to stay open. Uh, the LATimes.com, the U.S. Bureau of Land Management, uh, needs to preserve this area for collecting for hobbyists. I would argue that it should be uh, left open for actual uh, mining um, for profit as well um, for minerals that are needed for our country so we don't have so much dependency on China and Russia and these other countries. Um, a wonderful assortment of rocks and minerals can be collected while hunting for specimens in the deserts of Southern California in the Mojave Desert. This hobby of lapidary started in the 1930s. It became a uh, big, big deal when the U.S. Route 66, a famous road that went across the mountains and included spots by the Caddy Mountains, Lavik Sidings, and Afton Canyon, Places I've all gone, I've gone rock hounding, and I guarantee you that if it's done in moderation, and uh, you just take a few pounds here and there, uh, you will get a great variety of what these areas have to offer, and these areas will be available for collecting from now until the foreseeable future, hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years into the future, as. You go in these areas, you will see that native peoples have chipped away at these for tools uh, that uh, they, they started, and then for whatever reason it cracked or broke, and they threw it down, they gave up on it. So it's not a completed tool, it's not a completed arrowhead. But you will see these scattered all over by the tons and tons and tons. This area is prolific with agate and jasper. So let's keep this area open. Um, please, if you're in a rock hounding group, or if you're not in a rock hounding group, join a rock hounding group. Take part in these public hearings. You can send emails and uh, to keep these areas open. And please, be a part of that. Keep these areas open. They must stay open for our future generations. Um, you know... I respect the right of people that, that want to keep areas not destroyed and plowed down. We're not talking about plowing it down. We're talking about taking our grandkids up there or our kids up there and grabbing a little, uh, you know, a bucket and putting a few rocks in there. That's what we're talking about. All right. Uh, boy, rules of rock hounding in northern Michigan. If you go to Maine, uh, Maine State, news.com it's m-a-i-n-s-t-e-e-n-e-w-s.com Rose or Ross rather Ross 
Bosanu of the Record Patriot tells us the rules of rock hounding in northern Michigan. Now it starts off, it's got a beautiful picture of a handful of variegated rocks, look like they've been put in a tumbler. Uh, you've got the Patalski stone there, which is really groovy. I think it's like a coral that uh, polishes up quite nice, pleasant hues of brown, gray, and even black can be found. Um, you've got some what's called the Frankfurt Blue or Leland Greens. These are other real beautiful stones that can be collected. We've got some fossils there, agates. We've got some uh, moss agates and things like that. And he tells us that this is a great way to look after the region's most sought-after stones. You can take your family or go by yourself or go with a group. Um, these stones, you can make jewelry out of them. These are nice. These are not... These are not junk. The Potowski stones and Leland Blues and others are big favorites. Start with the shores of Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lake Shore. Um, actually, it says you can't collect there, but uh, outside the boundaries of that, uh, you can. So be careful about the boundaries of National Park or the National Lake Shore. It says you can't collect and keep them for private land without permission of landowner and you can't collect stones from historical sites such as parks or areas designated for preservation. Sounds like they're just closing off everything. These guys are so, such a pain in the butt. Um, so you got to be careful where you're going, but there is areas you can collect. Um, it says some state parks you will be in luck. According to Michigan Department of National Resources, you may retrieve, may retrieve up to 25 pounds of rocks and minerals or invertebrate fossils from Michigan State Parks per year, but you may not exceed 25 pounds. So where else can you collect? Well, the United States Department of Agricultural and United National Forest and Recreation Areas are one such place, and there are limits, and uh, they may be not that well defined. So <laughs> uh, it says you may be able to collect a small amount for non-commercial use in some of these areas, 10 pounds is definitely the limit on an annual basis. You can find private property. Um, there are uh, areas you can look up and find to do that. I know my friend uh, Eric Rintamaki does tours. He knows places that you can go. Says if you go to Benzie County, uh, B-E-N-Z-I-E, you can go there. Um, there's Chlorosterite. Uh, the Isle Royal Greenstone could usually be found on the shores of Lake Superior. Uh, Kiwina Peninsula is a good location for the true Lake Superior agate, which is quite beautiful with uh, concentric rings and patterns. Um, and also found sometimes in the lower peninsula. And you can go as far south as Frankfurt. You can look at the Rockhounding group, the Michigan Rockhounds. You can find them on Facebook group and find out more about some of the collecting areas that are there. And um, yeah, pretty cool. There's gravel pits, roadbeds, other areas where these locals are familiar with finding these things. Also, fossilized coral and uh, this Charles Volsky stone, which is a different species. Um, than the fossilized coral. 
and quite beautiful, has hexagonal uh, patterns, and is found in some of the same places as the Petowski Stone along Lake Michigan beaches. All right, so uh, there's a lot of other information here if you want to look into it. It goes on with several more paragraphs about the elk blue um, and other types of finding that you can find there. Euperites, which I told you about my friend Eric Rintamaki. He is the Euperlite uh, king, and you definitely want to look up Euperites, Eric Rintamaki, and find out about what he has to offer. Now, I looked at a story about a man who was collecting in Canada, and uh, he... I lost the article. He collects uh, on the beaches and other areas. I'm sorry I lost the article. We were going to go into that, but uh, there are some great articles out on Canada and rock hounding in Canada. We've talked about it before, but it turned up missing. However, Wyoming rock hounding, there is some good stuff on that. This area, rock hounding, a, ge a, a geology trek, and the history of oil and gas in the Fremont County featured at the Riverton Museum. Uh, Carol Harper tells us all about this at country10.com. They've got a great display here talking about that history. And while they're there, they can find out about Riverton, Wyoming. The Riverton Museum has activities in July with a, a speaker for rockhounds. So this is something um, you want to check out. The Sinks Canyon Geology. This is a wonderful area that may intrigue people who are interested in the Wyoming veteran oil field workers who were in this area. Some of the rock formations are quite beautiful. Um, the summertime is the time to go. This is a dry climate area with buttes, bedrock exposures, and varied geologi geological uh, terrains. So archaeologists, rock hounders, fossil hunters are there in the summer months. Now Stan Grove is the president of the Riverton Mineral and Gem Society. He is going to present or already has presented this uh, uh, topic on rock hounding in Fremont County and uh, he does this program when he does it's free and open to the public so you might want to look that up and and catch him the next time he's out there. But they actually went out on the 22nd to the Sinks Canyon and an area called the Rise, where the mountains rise up quite abruptly. Very beautiful. The canyon's natural history and geological features um, of how this was carved through this towering sandstone and limestone cliffs. You can find out how this all came about. Um, and you could join this trek. Now, he did charge $20 per person, <coughs> but uh, you bring a lunch, you bring hiking shoes, and uh, you get ready to go out there. Now, they tell you about the oil history, the gas history, these roughnecks, and how they were out there uh, digging up and finding this oil and gold. And um, there, I was going to tell you some of the rocks that are in here. Where the heck was that? There is... I believe they said, do, 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 some of the rock says more about rock collecting and mineral collecting in that area. 
I know that they have uh, agates and quartz and different minerals there. But anyway, that's a pretty cool thing. Oh, I remember what it was. They said that there's a rock that is found here. And it made me think of a, a topic I wanted to talk about. Let's see. Let me just... Eyes on the ground. Okay. Here it is. Okay. I did find the story about our friend in Canada. Good, good. Okay. So, rock hounding across the Atlantic Canadian landscape can yield more than physical gems. Um, at saltwire.com, uh, Megan Duar tells us about this. And um, in this article, it tells us about some gentlemen that, you know, went rock hounding when they were younger and went back and did it again. And um, the one gentleman suffers with uh, stress and things like that. And this is a way that he's able to kind of uh, decompress from that. So um, he moved to Windsor and um, went to the Bay of Fundy, which we've talked about the Bay of Fundy. This is an area where a lot of fossils have been discovered, but there's other minerals there too. Another gentleman in Windsor uh, has been rock hounding in Nova Scotia area from and uh, finding um, agates and things like that. Now, this is what he says. You find in this area, you will find um, agate, a form of quartz. He says the area is rich in mineralog mineral mineralogically in Nova Scotia. There's agate, quartz, amethyst, jasper, and the list goes on. Now, there's some other cool stuff that they find in here, and it was highlighted, so I wouldn't, so I could find it quickly, and now I can't find it, but uh, we will go into it. Um, so ethically, collecting is a big deal there. He found a beautiful layered agate here with grays and whites and blacks. Um, you got to be careful when uh, collecting by the beach because of the tides. So that's something. Uh, just keep your eye open. Now here it is, a selection of, and I want to say this right, uh, I wrote it down here, Chiastolite. Chiastolite is a cross pattern that forms on these rocks and minerals. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And um, we might also talk about another device, if I still have it, that they talked about um, geologists liking. So anyway, yeah, if you want to check this out, uh, beach rock hounding is a great way to go here in Canada. A lot of variety of things to be found. So that looks like a good time. And then Wyoming, we talked about that. Um, in, in Wyoming, they talk about some of the tools that were used to find these gold mining stuff. And I had actually had an article on talking about some of these tools. I don't see it now. But Starlight um, and this... Um, mineral that they're finding in Canada that looks like a cross called um, chiastolite uh, are quite similar because they have this cross pattern. Now starlight sometimes can look like a star but looks like crystals that cross and intergrow and they're quite beautiful. The difference is a starlight is usually a dark brown um, to black almost and it is a 
a neosilicate mineral that has crystal, crystals that cross and intergrow. And then the um, chiastolite, which is found here in Canada, is an alumina silica mineral having carbon inclusions, a variety of andalusite. So when you hear um, andalusite, sometimes it's mentioned with this chiastolite as well interchangeably. Both of them have this beautiful star pattern that uh, is very desirable in jewelry. People like this. doesn't have to just be Christians, but uh, it's uh, very uh, Celtic or, or uh, Irish. It's also very Gothic, and uh, a lot of people really uh, dig on this pattern that is found naturally. It looks quite rugged and, uh, and like I said, Gothic or uh, kind of a Dark Age type uh, mineral look to it. Pretty cool, and... Um, Check that out if you want. I looked that up on explainqn.com, and I had another site too, but it looks like it dropped off. So guys, that's about it. Um, hey, you know, if you don't know how we do things around here, I do it live. I do it first take. No editing. Uh, we just go for it. And um, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you going and checking out our other channels. Um, check out our YouTube channel. Appreciate the subscriptions and uh, watch a few of the videos on some of the subjects that we talked about today. Come on over and check us out at MeWe.com. Uh, it's an alternative group, um, kind of a freedom-centric uh, type site. That's what they claim. And we're at hashtag Radical Rocks there. We have a group you can join. I try to post something on there every other day or so. Uh, Radical Rocks USA at Rumble if you want to find out a little bit more about what I do. Uh, as far as homesteading, Twitter group, I uh, don't really do a lot on Twitter, but um, I'm on there, Radical Rocks USA. And then if you want to reach out to us with some ideas or whatnot, RadicalRocksUSA at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.